Welcome back, all of you, to another episode of the RMP. I'm Zachary, your host of this motherfucking little blossoming, awesome, questionable <laughs> at times podcast. I'm on Instagram as the Muscle Hamster, and we are here to question the mess, make some goddamn rebel actions, and start living life on our own damn terms, right? So between last episode and now, it's been a little too long. There's not a whole lot to update you guys on, except that some things that I've noticed and the things that I'm trying to pay attention to more is the way that I schedule, uh, making sure that I'm not too impulsive, not too reactive to what's going on. And I think scheduling is one of those things that's really going to help. And there also seems to be this ability for me to maintain a particular mindset. I think it's taken thousands of hours to get to where I'm at and it wasn't as if I knew this was going to happen, but my my mind seems more foundational. It seems more resilient. It seems more positive and on point. And I honestly think that has to do with me coming to being honest with myself about, about some truths, about who I am and what I'm after. And those are the same types of things that I'd want for you guys. I, I want to be able to bring my experiences to you and I also want to bring theories to you and questions to you and help to make sure that you guys don't or that any of us don't live lives that aren't worth living if that makes sense I want I want you guys to question enough that you're always going to be looking for who you are and even if you are an authentic person you can always become more authentic life is a constant progress and it's a constant shedding of different layers and I think we habitually get too far into relating our identity and identity to the way that we make money the way that we train the way that we're seen um, whatever types of hobbies or things that we do and sometimes it can get us in the way of ourselves and we might not be the question is what who would you be without these things would you still love yourself? Would you still be confident in yourself if you lost the things that are part of your identity? That's why I have to, to get not too connected to those identifying things. But anyways, I want you guys to hear from this guest today who is an amazing human. She was so much fun to talk to. She stopped me on some things and she made me doubt a few things within my own mind, even compassionate things where I may be a little more abrasive. Whether that is noticeable in the episode or not, um, but she's she's such an amazing person, and she's she's such a an attacker of life, and I hope you guys can pick up on that a little bit. But she talked about some things that I think are key points that hopefully you guys can pick up on. She knows how to dig in, and she knows how to not get hesitant to feedback. She she just continues to go, and we talked about the basics of health, um, and she made them easy to understand. She talked about these pillars. Uh, she talked about the importance of a tribe and community and in addition to all those different pillars. And she also said something about a food desert, which is something that I want you guys to hear and see if you can find in the podcast and how difficult it can be for us physically and nutritionally because of this quote unquote food desert. She talks about a lot of easy tricks that we can take on to find new health habits. And she said something near the beginning that 
I think is crazy important that kind of stopped me in my own tracks. She said, what do you want to be doing when you're working? So to add a little bit of context, she talked about how if you're in the middle of something that is not entertaining to you, that is not fulfilling to you, maybe it is the nine to five job that you have, what is it that you're actually thinking about? And give the ability for that one thing or those things to maybe give you an idea of what you should be doing, of who you may actually be beyond this, I guess, survivalistic style of life. I think a lot of us are more gifted than we think we are. But let's not drag on too long with what I think. Let's introduce our guest to the podcast. The guest today is Madeline quote-unquote muscle mads on Instagram and she is a 27-year-old trainer and nutrition coach. She studied at UNSCSA and got a BA in filmmaking focusing on directing but after working in LA for three years as a script supervisor and meeting a handful of high-status celebrities and even working for Gene Wilder's nephew she realized that this fucking sucks and this life has something better for me and so during the pandemic she made the switch to start her fitness career. Now she launched Muscle Mads LLC in August of 2020, and it's now thriving and growing. It's it's really moving. And Mads is a international elite powerlifter and a powerlifting coach based out of the Ironmongers Gym in Vista, California. She teaches beginner and intermediate weight training at SDSU. And next to her personal training, she also does online programming and nutrition coaching, if you guys are interested in that. Now, as an elite powerlifter, she's also sponsored by multiple supplement companies. She just became, just recently became Mrs. Muscle Mads, married to her husband, Robin. She's currently prepping for USPA Nationals on July 7th in Las Vegas in the 60 kilogram, hear that? The 60 kilogram weight class. Can't wait to see those numbers. And after nationals, she plans to turn around for another meet in September to take on some state records. Now she's got a lot of certifications. She's uh, certified as an ASCE personal trainer, uh, ANASM certified nutrition coach, ENS instructor at EDSU, which we talked about, but she's taken all these Kabuki education weeks. She's continuing to move forward and taking on more certs and just, I think she's going to become this or is this badass trainer who has a real I guess optimism for life and I can't wait for you guys to hear her and hear her perspectives and hope you guys learn a great deal this was a great fucking talk and let's get to it this is episode 100 with Madeline Painter aka Muscle Mads I've been calling you Mads ever since like I even just saw your profile and you know what the reason that the reason the, I think the reason I, I reached out to you I was like oh she'd be really cool to have on the podcast was that video that you made of like you reintroducing yourself to everybody and where you're twitching on the wall <laughs> oh twerking <laughs> yeah, twerking, yeah yeah twerking on the wall and I was like we gotta have Mads on there <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm by no means like a dancer or anything. I just like to make people laugh. So I used to do this thing on my Instagram story when I was trying to like grow my following where every Friday I would just do a silly dance. And it started with like more requests. And then of course, everyone's like, do the WAP dance. So now um, I have a friend who every time I'm with her, she makes me do that dance. So, you know, you're going to have to learn it so we can do it together. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so, okay, I definitely want to hear your story, but I want to, I want people to know kind of 
what your background is um, and, and what your training is so they knew who they're listening to. So why don't we start with that? Yeah, for sure. Um, well, I'll start with my initial degree is in uh, it's a bachelor's in arts of filmmaking with a concentration in directing. So this is not my first go at this uh, at a career in general. Um, I knew out of high school I wanted to study film and direct movies. Mm -hmm. um, so I went to art school for four years, got a degree, bunch of debt, cool. Um, cool. Worked in L.A. Yeah, <laughs> worked in L.A. for about three years. Uh, and then when the pandemic hit, I just came down to San Diego. I was uh, dating my boyfriend for about three years at the time. And it was then where we were actually living together. We realized how happy we were and how unhappy I was in LA not doing what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. um, I wasn't really directing. I was just a personal assistant to a director. And I could tell that I wasn't going to get anywhere with him. I was only going to try to help make his dreams come true. And he wasn't going to work to help my dreams come true. So I need to take things in my own hands. And that's when I had the realization like what's the thing that you want to do when you're at work i want to be at a gym i want to be training i want to be working out um and, and i like helping other people as well so i quit my job and during the pandemic i got my certifications i got a cpt with ace and then a certified nutrition coach uh with uh nasm nasm um and then from there i launched my business so i have an llc muscle mad um, and then just, I actually worked for free and did like 10 to 20 clients for free just to gather testimonials and experience. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was a great learning opportunity for me because there were clients that like had great responses. And then there were some that like absolutely did not have any response at all. And it's like, okay, is that me as a coach? Is it their situation? Like what exactly is going on? Mm -hmm. Um, so that was really good for me to take a look back and see, um, how could we have addressed the situation better before I had people pay me? Um, and then from there, uh, it's just kind of been seminars. Uh, so we did a seminar at Ironmongers, um, Last of the Dinosaurs. Um, I did three Kabuki uh, online stuff. So we have the Masterclass in Nutrition and then 2021, 2022 Kabuki Education Week. I have all those videos down. Um, right now I'm studying with precision nutrition one. So I'll be getting cert here soon. Uh, and then I have the principles of loaded movement with Kabuki in September and a whole long list of other certs that I want to get. Um, so you're just dedicated. to help me as a, hell yeah. Yeah. I mean, I left my other, uh, career for this and this is my choice. This is like a self-made thing. So yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. I was even considering going back to school and this week I met with one of the academic advisors at SDSU. Um, I teach there, I teach, uh, an ENS course for beginner and intermediate weight training. And I see how much enjoyment the students are having just being on campus. And I never really had that experience with film school. Mm -hmm. Um, and it made me think like, Oh, maybe I want to go back and get like my degree in dietetics because the school does have a very good kinesiology and uh, nutrition major. Um, and then talking to the guy, I was kind of like, you would have to give up a lot of your business to make classes. Um, and you know, it sounds like what you're doing is what you love. And there's no reason why you can't get other accredited certifications. 
um, to keep doing what you're doing. Mm -hmm. The only thing that I would like to do would be to work in a lab with like food studies and experiments and checking labels or or more science-based experiments. But I think you need a degree to get into a lab. But unless you know someone who can like let me work for free in a lab, (laughs) I would feel like apprentice under someone like a food scientist. You know, if I had some pull, I'd definitely push it just because I think we should be helping each other out as much as we can. Right. It's, it's one of those things. Why I have the podcast in the first place is I want people to question as much as they can, because so, so let's go back to, to what you're saying before. So you find yourself, cause this is a situation that I think a lot of people find themselves in. And so I kind of want to pull apart your mindset or pull apart what you, maybe you were thinking back then, because even the, the first step you made was to make that initial, um, push to go into getting educated to, be, to become formally educated. Right. And then you find yourself in something that, you know, this is, this is something you actually enjoy doing. And then you get into it and you realize that for some reason, whether it be the environment or the work itself, or, uh, you know, maybe it's not what you expected that you, you want to get out of it. Right. And that next, that next big difficult barrier is where you decide to make the decision of dropping what you're doing and moving on to something else. Cause I think, I think that's something that a lot of people have a lot of difficulty with. I know I've had a lot of difficulty with it. Like you, you cling to things that either need to be sacrificed or need to be let go. Um, and it may be your, you know, how you're entertained, uh, friends, um, time for all these things that really don't fucking matter and will keep you from getting to where you want to go. Um, so what was that like whenever you started to realize that wasn't for you, especially if you went into college thinking that like that was the thing, because at 18 or you, you were probably 18 when you, when you got in yeah. 18, 19, whatever, like, do we really know or what we 17, want? Actually, I was 17. Really yeah, no, we don't. We don't. Yeah. I was young. Yeah. I like tripped the school system and like got in a year. You're grade. a smart, like, you have a big this- brain. You have a big brain. <laughs> so, so what was that? Um, but what yeah, was that going like for you? Point, yeah. Um, I, I think what a lot of people do is they associate their careers with their identity. And, mm-hmm. and I was so tied to, I have to be a director. I have to make it to the Oscars. I need to be in this world because that's all I knew um, was storytelling and creating films and and when you're when you go this this college I went to it's UNCSA so University of North Carolina School of the Arts it's a great college um, you are like a hundred percent in your art they barely make you take any academic classes so you're living and breathing it and that's what I thought that's what I wanted and it started to creep in that I was like a little obsessed with the gym and a little obsessed with like strength gains and the science of food and exercise and it was just like my little hobby in the back. And then it started to creep in more and more as I was walking on set to go to work. It was like, okay, when's wrap? Because I want to go work out. Um, and it wasn't until I kind of disassociated with like Maddie, the director, versus just Maddie, or Madeline, mm-hmm. Mads, whatever you want to call me. Uh, what is it that makes her happy? What is it that you think about when you're at work? Because I heard that in a podcast and I was like, oh shit working out at the gym mm-hmm. or writing workout programs or making progress or helping someone yeah what are you um, daydreaming about that it, makes you just go on autopilot and forget ex- where you're at 
Yeah, exactly. And in college, this is going more to like a deeper dive of like how I ended up where I am today. Uh, I had an eating disorder and suffered from anorexia and bulimia, and that started right around high school, actually. So going into college, like this may sound really dark, but the first two years, I don't remember a lot because I was starving. I was so hungry. Yeah, I don't really, I'm trying to remember some bits, but I just remember like walking to my dorm and being limited because I haven't eaten or just trying to like eat the very bare minimum of veggies and a cliff bar because that was good and mm-hmm. everything else was bad. Or then triggering and going on these binge episodes, like staying in the dorm room, buying junk food, eating all the junk food, purging it, and then not going out and having this college experience with my friends, missing out on parties. Um, like it got really dark. And I can tell you a million times, a million things that I regret doing and missing out on because yeah um so anyway better times now (laughs) i did find healing through the process of weightlifting powerlifting the gym um meg squats mcgallagher was one of my biggest inspirations um freaking love her with to meet her one day (laughs) um but she helped me the most in recognizing beauty and strength and loving your body for what it can do rather than what it looks like. Um, and then from there, I just started getting better on my own. And yes, I did a little bit of reading and self-searching and really tried to help heal internally before I went and helped others. I was and thankful I never got to the point where I had to be clinically like, uh, I wasn't like clinically diagnosed. I did not go into rehab or anything like that. Um, it was just a which uh, I think it was a flight on my way to go see my grandmother for fall break. And this guy was sitting next to me and it's like 3 PM and I'm just eating almonds. That was my first meal of the day. And he looks at me, he's like, Oh, almonds, do you eat pretty healthy? And I was like, uh, yeah, I tried to, of course I didn't want to talk to him. I'm insecure and starving yeah. and cold and I don't want to talk to anyone. And he was like, yeah. well, that's good. You only have one life and then threw up his newspaper and did not say a word to me the rest of the plane. And it just echoed in my head over and over and over. Oh, wow. I have one life. Yeah. So profound of a moment. And that was, was like, that was the moment I was like, I need to make a change. I need to get help. I need to stop doing this shit. Like, this is not how you should live. Mm-hmm. So that was a Kickstarter into, you know, like finding egg squads and finding other body positive or power lifters. So, so at that moment, was so the repetition of that of that profound thing obviously made an effect right what kept you from falling off i mean because not to not to you know um undermine your process or you know uh undervalue it but it it seems like as we get into habits they the the longer we do them the the harder they are to fight against you know the more they are you know the more of it it's a thing of like it's so strongly based, just like if you smoke for 20 years, it's gonna be that much harder to release yourself from it, right? So do you think that you had the the luck or do you think it was your own, you know, uh, your own actions, I guess, that kind of helped you pull yourself out of that? Like, what were the things that stopped you from beating yourself up so much and starving yourself and actually move into such a, especially a, kind of a um, a biased 
sport like powerlifting, because as we both know, uh, females tend to get a lot of insecure, uh, angry men that troll <laughs> a lot, oh, which, yeah. which we can get into, but, <laughs> but course. more or less, I want to see what kind of things it took to get you to move on from the previous you to the yeah. new you. Um, I'll be hundred percent honest. I was not perfect after that moment. I still yeah. had episodes of binge purging. I still fucked up. I wouldn't even call it fucking fucking up. I would call it. Um, I I relapsed. I had an episode. Like I have a journal that I keep. It's like five years old, and I can go back to the exact day of my last purging episode. So I, I wasn't perfect from here and out. I had to forgive myself over and over and over again for when I I messed up or when I fell off my plan I don't want to ever like say like I messed up it was it was a situation and I was either stressed emotional um something happened there was like some sort of trauma and my response was to binge and purge or to not eat um so really diving deep into myself and learning what those triggers were uh and then finding a way to overcome that mentally and having a different plan so example uh my boyfriend at the time, now husband, he was on deployment. I was alone. I was working in a job that I wasn't happy in. Um, and I was at a party and I ate too much because I was stressed. And then I purged at that party and they, no, no one at that party knew at all. Um, and I, I can remember the exact date and that was the last time that ever happened. And it was, I just, I felt like shit physically. Um, but then it was really a defining moment of like okay let's take a step back and see what's going on because that voice that eating disorder voice whether it's body dysmorphia anorexia bulimia um there, there's a whole a binge eating disorder there's a bunch of them orthorexia whatever that is that Ooh, voice will that always one. be there orthorexia um yeah. that is where uh it's actually the, probably more common than most um people who tend to only eat foods they think are good and demonize foods as bad. So they would never Ooh. eat a bag of Cheetos, but they will only eat bag of baby carrots. Yep, we're going to talk about this. Okay, I'll put but a continue. <laughs> yeah, um, so um, recognizing that voice that it will always be there. I mean, someone with depression and anxiety, it's the same thing. They go to a psychologist and they do talk therapy and or, and or medication. And sometimes they need both. Sometimes it's one or the other. And that is what helps them get through life. Mm -hmm. And the way I like to think about it, it's either a crutch because you've sprained your ankle. So like the medication the talk therapy is a crutch for a little while, or it's, it's a wheelchair to help you get navigate through life or a life-saving medication to navigate through the rest of your life and have you live a happy and healthy life. Mm -hmm. um, so this voice always there, always there, but my stronger, you know, muscle Mads voice is always stronger and overpowering. So it shuts it down immediately. So this morning, um, I think I was like two pounds over my weight class. I wanted to skip breakfast. I didn't because I know what my body needs. And, and the voice came. It was a small little whisper, but I was like, no, <laughs> we're not going to do that. We're going to go eat. And, and that was it. And we're done. So that anyone who has an eating disorder, anxiety, depression, it, they'll, they'll understand what I mean by the voice. Yes. Um, and we have to, our stronger voice has to be overpowered. It has to get louder and mm -hmm. shut it down quicker and quicker. So it does get better, um, but it takes a lot of forgiveness. It takes some falling off the wagon, but then getting right back on. Mm -hmm. I, I think I know 
what you're talking about. I think there's certain things that all of us experience yet it's very unique to each one of us. Right. And Absolutely. I think, you know, there's a lot of the stuff that can come from uh, childhood trauma experiences. There's a lot yeah. like trauma is like a trigger word. Now it's, it's very mm-hmm. overly used, but we all do have it to some level. It's, yeah. I think it's whether we decide to use it as a, uh, you know, a point of entitlement or complaint or, you know, or to martyrism, you know, um, I think I made yeah, that word you up. have that victim. Oh, wait, longer. Wait, what was that? What was martyrism. That? I don't think martyrism is martyrism? martyrs, but um, <laughs> yeah, the victim mentality. Or, yeah, exactly. Or going, yeah. Yeah. Because like, it all is this exists. Your identity? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or is it something that you're going to overcome? Like yes. I could fall off that eating disorder mentality all the time. I don't really talk about it that often because mm-hmm. I mean, yes, it affects me, but it doesn't like I don't let it affect my day to day lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Or I could have this victim mentality of like, oh, well, I had an eating disorder. So that's why I missed that weight at that competition or mm-hmm. something. It's like, no, it was heavy. Like, <laughs> well, yeah. And it, it's yeah. an excuse for responsibility, right? Like it's, it's yeah. so much easier to say, this is why, and this is why I can't do it. Right. And I think all of us have yeah. a little bit of that. So, so it sounds to me and tell me if I'm wrong, but it sounds to me like you had this other version of yourself <laughs> that you created that, could overpower anything that existed in your past, any sort of, you know, uh, negative identity that you had in your past, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, no, I am a completely different person. I mean, I think we're always evolving and changing. Yeah, we're a different yeah. person from the start of one year to the end. So, you know, we're always building upon that self. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, no, hundred percent. I'm a different person from when I was in the past, like totally different mindset. And I can't say it was that guy on the airplane that said that to me. It was an accumulation of that. Every influencer I followed, every time I hit a PR at the gym, my guy friends at the gym that encouraged me to lift heavier. Like it was accumulation of having a good supportive group. Uh, everyone at Ironmonger's gym at STS, like every single person on my journey has made me who I am today. So and that's why it's so important to have like a community of people who support you. You are stronger if you are with people who support you like if everyone's like shitting on you like oh you don't need to lift weights like you look silly no you're not going to get any stronger i mean you might but it's gonna be hard <laughs> well i mean and, and uh i think as you say that now i'm thinking it, when you have the right community it dispels everything else that doesn't fucking matter because with social media it's it's like we have this we have this we can search whatever we want and then the algorithm you know, changes for whatever we're into. Correct. And so we create our own story within reality and that may not even be close to what reality is. And so if we have a strong community, it can get rid of all the things that actually are trying to convince us, you know, trying to convince us, but actually don't mean a fucking thing. So for example, the whole, the whole situation with females shouldn't be strong. Females shouldn't be aesthetic shouldn't be muscly shouldn't be into these power sports um how do you how do you take that on i know how i sit on this but obviously i'm i'm a male that supports women but it's 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 not as powerful from me <laughs> as it would be right because you're a male right. yeah exactly yeah exactly yeah. it's you have different genital genitals than i do yeah so it, it's going to hit harder when a strong female is standing up for other strong females. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, it's great to have men or all genders helping one another feel stronger mm-hmm. and empowered. 
um i don't really give a shit what people think like i used to i used to don't get me wrong i used to thrive on people's opinions of what they think of me yeah. and yeah. that was horrible because when i finally did get someone that didn't like me it crushed me uh i was like oh why did this person follow me i thought we were friends mm. who gives a shit they don't like you yeah. that doesn't make you any better or less of a person yeah. Um, so if it's a man telling me I look too muscular or I shouldn't look like that, I'm like, well, you're not my husband and you're not looking at me naked. And mm-hmm. The only man who is loves me and we've been together five years and mm-hmm. that's that. So that's how I get over the body stuff. Um, but then it also is like, how do I think I look mm-hmm. great? I love, I look great. Cool. That's all that matters. Cause I'm the one in this body, not the other person. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's about being strong, I'll just crack a joke. Like, sorry, I'm stronger than you. Like, <laughs> do you want me to help you get stronger? Like, come work out with us. We'll get you stronger. Like yeah. it, most of the times it's someone who is feeling really lonely or insecure or is hurting inside and whatever we're doing, whether it's men or women getting stronger or lifting a certain way, they're, they feel attacked by it because they're have insecurities of not being strong or, or some other trauma that's being triggered. And instead of fighting back with fire, it's like lend a hand and be like, Hey, come with us. We'll make you stronger. No. Okay. Well, that's your decision. If they want to be a dirt bag and continue to troll comments. <laughs> no, I, I think it's definitely, it's a psychological mind fuck. And it's, I think barriers are, are, are more easily overcome. The more we know about what the actual problem is. And Mm -hmm. I've tried to, in my last few years, tried to study up and experience enough to understand human behavior, especially male behavior um, and insecurity and masculinity, a lot of things based around, I'm definitely not a psychologist, but I listen to a lot of things Mm -hmm. that pertain to the way that we think. And it seems like the more internally upset people are about where they are and this belief that they have that they, they're they're limited and they th- they can only do you so many things, then they have to make sure that no one will make them feel like they are capable or like that someone else is better than them. Because if they feel limited, then why is it so- that someone else can, you know, get the things that they, that they want? Because it's, it's crushing to know that your dreams are unattainable when you've convinced yourself of that. You know what I mean? So, I, I don't know. It's it's a big psychological thing. Um, I think uh, social media has made things far too easy for us to attack each other because most things we would not oh. say face to face for the sake of our own uh, safety, I guess. Like we're a lot more fearful in person. Correct. But oh, yeah. Well, I mean, there's a like, few people who will be there. Like I know some real people that are my friends that will be 100 percent real with you in person and on Instagram. Yeah. So. Uh, and I, I appreciate those people. I was like, yeah, if you don't like someone, they're just be like, mm, I don't like you. Like not in a violent way, just like straight up, I don't like you. And they'll say yeah. it in person or in a comment or they won't say anything to you at all. Yeah. Um, what you said about limits though, that was a big thing that I had to remove from myself. Like mm. if the, to quote mean girls, the limit does not exist. I mean, yes, there is. <laughs> I mean, yes, there is like obviously like a, a limit of like human strength of of what is like attainable right now. But you see people nah, I just need some boundaries. The what? Just need D ball. Oh yeah. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, give me all that. Uh, no, like it, it's and we can get into that too on like another note. Um, 
just natty versus not like yeah that's that's a whole other conversation I, i've chosen to stay natty just because that is my personal choice mm-hmm. but yes for people who want to push those upper limits and choose to run something cool like that's your life i mm-hmm. i support you like have at it um but just the limit going going back just to limit limiting beliefs like that is a whole other mental mindset that you have to uh, attack and disable because if you set limits in yourself yeah like the mind is a crazy thing um i tell my students all the time i'll show them a picture of when i was less than 100 pounds and then i show them a video of me squatting over 300 pounds how long was was like with me being under Uh, yeah i guess i didn't ask about your time period like how long ago what were you kind of like journey of like eight eight years of you like, so you were like under 100 pounds because you're about five five around five foot somewhere around there i'm five two yeah okay. um so like again not like skin skin and bones but like skinny and like whoa you're mm-hmm. small and and i think i sent you a picture where you can see like the progression of my legs yes you did actually um, yeah yeah so in the smallest one i think it was 98 pounds that was probably wow. 2014 2013 Jesus. uh yeah and now i'm 132 135 roughly mm-hmm. um squatting well over 300 so but if i would have set that limit of like oh no no i'm never gonna squat that much like it wouldn't have mm-hmm. happened but i don't set limits anymore i just give my body what it needs and work hard and and go for it mm-hmm. um but yeah that that's my my bit on limits don't don't set them yeah no i i the <laughs> I think there's a problem with um, opinions and expectations of everybody else. We kind of it kind of sets like this this foggy idea of what we think we're supposed to be able to just supposed to be just to be able to fit in because mm. you know our emotions are have been with us with us for hundreds of thousands of years at this point, like through evolution, and um, they're they're not going anywhere. And we have to learn to adapt with them and we have to to know how to learn from them. And uh, like fear of being left out is one of those big fucking things. And Oh my God, I have the worst FOMO ever. Really? <laughs> fear of missing out? Yeah, I have the biggest FOMO ever. It's so bad. <laughs> it's so bad. Uh, I'm getting better at it, but continue on with your... No, well, well, I, I was wanting to make the point because I think this is where... Um, I think this is this it kind of bases around the same idea where women think that they have to be small because they, they, they may think that they may not be attractive. You told me differently if, if that's not what it is, but it seems like the overall thing is like, I may not be attractive to men if I, or attracted take to whoever's space. Yeah. And I take up more space and, so it's, and then men it's are like, well, things. if I'm not bigger and more powerful, then I can't be, I can't attract those women if I'm not more than them. And I think that's the yeah, insecure yeah, part. These assumptions. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. It's, it's super of like something. what we think the other person wants. Really, it's like you're the one living with yourself. You mm-hmm. better love yourself first. But I think it is society. Yes, of like a skinny woman is an attractive woman. Mm-hmm. Hell, if we go back a couple thousand years, bigger women were the ideal. Woman. That was like uh, childbearing hips mm-hmm. and having large breasts and hips. Like that was the attractive female. And it's um, changed so things. much. So much. And and I think it's coming back to where like more fit, like through positive influencers promoting like strength training for women and gaining muscle and whatnot. I think it's coming up a little bit, 
Uh, but I'll look at like cultures, like there's a lot of cultures and I'm not going to pinpoint different ones, but just the way the parents raise the child, the daughter in general can dictate how that daughter is going to view her body through mm-hmm. her life. Because if her mother was skinny and ate rice and veggies or, or crackers and, and carrots or whatever, like, I'm just yeah. like small little things, um, then the daughter's going to be raised that way to be small. And that is what is attractive. And then when the daughter has a challenging you, like, no, I don't want to be skinny anymore. I want to be strong. I want to have strong thighs. I want to squat. I want to deadlift. And the mother's like, well, you look ugly with muscle or you shouldn't be doing that. You're not working a labor job or blah, blah, blah. Like there's hundreds of, I, I hate to say it, but there's like hundreds of situations where mothers are shitting on their daughters for lifting weights. Mm-hmm. And and I, I'm lucky enough to have parents that support me on what I do. And they, think it's great. they try to come to all my powerlifting needs. But I also hear stories about the girls that want to get lifting and their parents are shitting on them. And that's the most heartbreaking thing ever. Because here you are having someone trying to do something better for their health to live longer. And the people that you that raised you that you look up to as like super mom and super woman are tearing you down. Like mm-hmm. that's horrible. That's that goes back to like primal rejection of your tribe mm-hmm. uh if you think about it like if we're going like back to evolution like that is your tribe rejecting outcasts and that's why it probably hurts so much mm-hmm. well so so let's bring that around then let's um yeah for the overall general population because maybe mm-hmm. it's maybe it's just because i've been in it for so long like i'm not certified in anything but i've been lifting weights and i've been you know taking care of myself since i was 14 i had my own situation where Mine was like, I'm too much smaller than all the other guys. I just want to be as big as them mm-hmm. um, because I'm, I'm five, three. And so, you know, my, I was, it was like consume as much food as possible, like lift heavy and like do all the things. And so uh, that was my own insecurity, but I've been doing it for so long. I think that I have a pretty general idea of like what it takes to be generally healthy. And I've watched my body change in so many different ways that I know how to handle it. Um, so to to clear the field what are the things you know before we talk about dieting and like what it takes to get strong and like what it takes to get lean or anything what are the things that we should be focusing on that are clean and clear that that make us generally healthy good humans it puts us on the right track you know outside of physical exercise outside of exercise okay so if we're not talking about movement um, well we i think it would include movement right but it's like what we consume, what we, uh, what our environment's like, any of that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if let's talk about the environment. So if you have a supportive community somewhere, doesn't have to be family and friends, but like mm-hmm. some sort of supportive community, um, that's going to be one pillar. I think I'm not a wellness coach. I have a friend who's a board certified wellness coach and she talks about the five pillars of life mm-hmm. and it's like psychological, uh, nutrition, movement, support, of family and then like and one other thing like I, i'm not a coach but like that i'm not a well so like emotional coach. or something like that is emotional something like that i could look okay. it up real quick if I do. but anyway if we're going on those those realms that web or that those pillars you want to talk about eating um eating a either a maintenance level or depending what your goals are like if you're eating too much and too much of the of like crappy food you're gonna gain weight and you're gonna feel like crap if you're eating too little I'm a a subject of this, like you're going to lose weight and feel like crap if it's too little of food. Um, If you're eating maintenance, you're going to be the same. 
the laws of thermodynamics do not change. Um, you know, like someone who says like, oh, I only eat a thousand calories a day. My body's in starvation. Uh, you might be consuming calories somewhere else that you're unaware of. And that's like a whole other a lot, conversation. Right? I mean, yeah, that, and honestly, if you think something's wrong, like you're, you have uh, hypothyroidism, like go get your thyroid checked, like go get blood work, go see a doctor, make sure everything's square there and then address like, okay, maybe I'm not tracking enough. Maybe I'm drinking too much alcohol. Maybe I'm snacking and not realizing whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So nutrition, hydration, of course, drink water. We are water. We need it. Um, Sleep is huge. As we know, we're finding out more and more sleep is important. Um, And then movement, like just moving. Our bodies were made to move. We were originally moving all day, every day. And Mm -hmm. now a lot of time we're stagnant and that has a lot of repercussions. And then we talk about community or tribe. Uh, Are we being rejected or are we being supported and included? Going back to that FOMO, like if, if, if I'm constantly having this fear of not being included, I think a lot of my sleep and my performance in the gym is probably going to suffer because I'm having anxiety and hurting inside. Mm-hmm. Um, all of those things are connected. Food, sleep, water, community, mental state. I mean, gosh, we could make it mental health. Like there's so many things at play and I probably should have given to you this information in a lot more coherent structure. No, um, no, it's good. I'm a, yeah, I'm rambling. Um, but like you said, like, what are the basics? Uh, well, but it, but it makes sen- it <laughs> makes sense to me. Um, and people have heard me spout out this example. Um, and we I don't want to go into this because we've done it too much at this point, and we okay. need to move on from it. But um, yeah. not not you specifically. Just I have this discussion because no, 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 I've been you. mad about it. But but when when COVID happened, um, you know I kind of had an expectation, and maybe I shouldn't have. But uh, as long as as people like me and you have done this stuff, you've been in training for a while. Like you're learning to how to feed your body. You're learning how to take care of it. And like you're learning about recovery and you're learning about how, you know, how the importance of hydration, how much water you should drink, what type of foods you should put in and everything. Um, I just had this expectation that was like, okay, maybe they'll actually bring some sense back into the country now. Like we're, we're eating too much processed food. We're always on edge. Like we're always stressing. We're in survival mode all the time. So maybe they'll be like, okay, so you guys need to get some vitamin D. I know we we told you to to stay inside, but just make sure you get out, get some sun, you know, talk to people, uh, make sure you hydrate really well, try to de-stress, you know, try to, try to eat good food because we're eating a lot of crap. So, you know, eat, eat more whole foods when you can and for the sake of not moving, you know, and one of the things they did, which was the worst was the place where we mentally and physically are able to maintain, like have some sort of maintenance is the gyms and they shut down all the mm-hmm. gyms, you mm-hmm. know? And so I was, I was crazy upset about that. And so that's why this whole general basis of health, I didn't realize it was so misunderstood or it was so difficult for people to take on. You know what I mean? So, you know, in the general scheme of things, it's like even outside of, of, of the physical part, like we can take care of ourselves so much better if our habits were different, if we were provided different things, but they didn't say anything about that stuff at all, you know? And so I was like, okay, well, we're way off base. Like we need to thank God for all the trainers. Thank God for all the gyms. Like, thank God for all these people that are, um, you know, know the science based around our mental, physical, emotional health 
so that we can actually, people can reach out themselves as individuals and try to find a better option. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I'm totally on the whole like mentality of like, do what you can with what you have. Yeah. And at the time when everything was getting shut down, like people were freaking out. They didn't know what was going mm-hmm. on. Like I hope five years from now we can look back and be like, oh yeah, we overreacted a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. But at the time they were just trying their best and, and, and maybe that's just my like, Oh, you're getting way more credit than I am. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm a little bit more compassionate probably. And, yeah. and that's just me. But again, do the best with what you can with what you got. If all you have is your body weight and some heavy books and a backpack in your house and like a yard or, or no yard, if you're stuck in an apartment, like you can still move your body and you can mm-hmm. still make choices on what to put into your body. So yes, like the America as a whole with fast food and the convenience of junk food and, and then we call the talk about food desert, like people who don't have access to fresh foods and vegetables without mm-hmm. going a very long distance to get it. Like, that is a very tricky situation and that like I feel for those people and that hurts because you know I live in California where there's fresh produce like a mile away I can go to the mm-hmm. store. Um, I work at gyms. I have the luxury of access to equipment. There are some people who don't have access access to fresh food and vegetables, fruit and vegetables and they don't have access to gyms either. So it's like okay, what can I do? Like I don't want to play the victim mentality. I want to do something, but what can I do? So that's where just basic movement walks throughout the day, drinking water, hopefully, God forbid, they have access to fresh water, um, getting enough sleep, and and then trying your best with the food that you choose to buy and put into your body. Mm-hmm. Like, that would be like the basic um, in that situation. And through these healthier options and, you know, having just a healthy body weight, and hopefully they don't have any underlying health conditions, like, Yes, that would help raise the healthy population of this country, but not everyone, A, cares enough about health, wants to put in the hard work, or has access to the knowledge. And mm-hmm. and that, like, really, that sucks, because it's like, here we could help. So, I mean, as fitness people, like, we get into this journey because we want to help someone. We get into this career because we want to help someone and help people, um, because we know what it's like to suffer. We know what it's like to not be healthy. And then we get healthy and we feel how wonderful it is. And we want to tell everyone how to get healthy. Not everyone gets <laughs> a shit. Not everyone cares or wants the help. Um, I have a theory. Like if I ever had to like write a thesis paper, my theory would be those people that you hear those like transformation stories where they were like 300, 400 pounds of and lose like three, like 200 pounds and come all muscle. And like those really, really inspiring stories. Like, yes, those take years. But my theory is there was one event that made them have that mental mind switch where they physically and mentally changed as a person. They stopped viewing the world as one way and started viewing it another way. For me, it was, I'm going to die one day. So why sit here and suffer and hate myself versus enjoying the rest of the life that I have? Mm-hmm. I have a very like big existential crisis. Like, what is it going to be like to not exist anymore? Mm-hmm. Um, for someone else who has those health conditions, wants to change, it could be, they can't stay, pick up their kid after they fell off a bike. And that was like, shit, I can't even be a parent. It could be, um, you know, like not being able to fit in a chair at work. Like something really like simple of just like sitting down at work and working and it's like uncomfortable for you. And they're like, that's it. That's enough. Like I want to make a change. So that's like my whole theory is that it's like one, uh, like the catalyst. And this is going back to uh, screenwriting and filmmaking 
but it's like there's a thing in every movie called the catalyst and that mm-hmm. is the moment where that character will never be the same again and without mm-hmm. that moment there is no film there is no story um so that's how i feel about when people but sometimes that doesn't happen for everyone or sometimes they ignore it um and sometimes yeah, maybe they just a- need you need the moment yeah yeah that was a ramble man that was <laughs> no 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 it's this is progression. This is totally progression. So, mm-hmm. and, and so, if people are looking to start taking care of themselves better, and I'm hoping this is the point in the, the episode where people are like thinking about. I mean, it's it's hard because I think I have a, a particular <laughs> a particular following, but yeah, you know, people are thinking, okay, maybe I should question things, and you know, it could lie outside of physical health too. This this could be about anything. It's it, it's kind of a yeah. This mindset thing is across the board. And it can be, you know, what your dreams are. It could be your physical health. It could be goals or passions that you have. Um, but one of the coolest and most difficult things is we get into what we have with internet and social media. And so what are the things that you've come across that you're like, like you, you think are maybe not the best for people because people are going to reach out and find all this information, right? And then there's all this debunking and like uh, maybe misinformation or whatever. So it, are there certain things that people need to avoid or, or redirect themselves to? Um, yeah, my mind's stirring here because I see a lot of like, well, some of the bigger people that are making a fuck ton of money mm-hmm. off supplements and selling that. I'm not just going to say his name because I don't care. Liver King. Um, oh, okay. Like, I'm just gonna fucking say it. Like, (laughs) I don't care. I don't care. Like, I I don't like him. And I'm sure there's more people who like are in that realm of like mindset of living that they think that's optimal, Mm -hmm. but it's not. And he Mm -hmm. he has a million, like, well over a million followers, making a shit ton of money, and preaches this primal life. It's like if you really did, like, first of all, you wouldn't be using PED. You wouldn't be living in a house with a crystal. You wouldn't be living in a mansion. You would go live on a farm and just do your thing. Um, if that's truly what you want to live as like a primal mindset. Like there are people who live off the grid. Um, some of my college friends did this. They live in like a hut in a hill in the woods and they just like live on a farm and that's it. I don't, I haven't spoken to them in years. Um, occasionally like they'll get on social media and update life. Like if they go back home and mm-hmm. log on to their parents' computer, yeah. but they, they are not at all in the social media world. So mm-hmm. like, if that's so, what you want, you can go do that. Yeah, it's <laughs> like they're taking really on the complete is, human experience that's not influenced by oh, the rest of all this stuff, on. right? Computer, stop. Sorry, the Alexa talks. I don't know why. <laughs> oh, I said, sorry if the internet picked it up. Continue what you're saying. <laughs> Good. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So the people who are on social media, that's false. Like, there's a lot of misinformation. If it's too good to be true, it probably isn't true. If it's a one ingredient thing that's going to fix all your problems, that's probably not it. Um, if if someone's not citing sources, not citing reputable studies that were done, meta analysis studies, that were, like if they're not citing any sources, mm-hmm. I, I would be weary with that. One person I absolutely adore and I love so much is Lane Norton, BioLane. He calls out people on their bullshit all the time. I share his videos every time I can. Like, I love him to death. And I wish I could, like, apprentice for him. Because he's, he's the real deal. Like, he's got the shirt that says data over your feelings. And 
I'm just, I'm all for that. I'm like, yes, thank you. Like trust in science, trust in studies and data, like data, however you want to do it. Um, I love him. So those are like the two opposing ones. It's like, yeah. don't be like liver king. Or, but it's, it's also, it's like question everything. You know, like when I go on Lane's page, like I don't go in with a, a, a worshiping mindset of like whatever Lane says is true. Like mm-hmm. I will watch and be like, did he cite his studies? Yes. Okay, cool. Can I go look up those studies? Oh, yes, here they are. Okay, what is he saying here? And I will watch with an analytical mind. And if for some reason something he posts, Lane, uh, Lane Martin, if he posts something that I disagree with or that I'm uncertain about, I'll go and do more research on my own and be like, okay, mm-hmm. what, is, what does this mean? What does that mean? And try to find multiple different things and come to a conclusion. Um, so with anyone out there on the like, don't trust one source. Don't put one source above all as God or mm-hmm. whatever you believe in as law. Because um, truth be told, like, if we want to get real big with it, like, we don't know a lot. We don't. We, 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 we know, if we're talking space, the ocean, our bodies, like, quantum physics. Like, there's a lot of stuff we don't know. Mm-hmm. We know some, and we've a lot of progress, uh, progression in the past few years, but... There's still some, so much more that we're trying to learn. But that's good that we're trying to learn it. But along the way, we are going to make some mistakes. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, that, that's just my bit on, you know, like, take it with a grain of salt. Don't take one thing as law, question everything, like you said. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and look into it and do other resources. Do other research from multiple resources, not just, like, all one site. Or look who's funding the well, Like, uh, if you if you look at like these like, three three websites and they're all funded by the same hospital or the same company, they're probably going to have the same biased opinion on whatever that subject is you're researching. So I always like to step out of my comfort zone with sources as well. Like, okay, well I don't normally look at these websites, but why don't I go take a look and see what they say? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's my bit on that. <laughs> no, I, I I think I'm very much on the same page. I like to I like to call myself skeptical um and i think and i've gotten to where i'm skeptical about everything everything mm-hmm. because i can mm-hmm. at least let i can sit back and let my mind process and i don't have to vent about it but i can figure out my and, and i used to get i used to get attacked by my friends a little bit they're like well why do you even ask for my opinion if you're not gonna listen to it and i used to feel really bad about it and then i figured out it's it's my filtering system it's mm-hmm. it's a it's a positive natural thing for us to filter what comes in and it's not for the sake of the argument it's the, it, for the sake of uh finding your own path and 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 creating your own wisdom i think um and i i think something that people should do more of is you can have your idols you can have your role models people that you that you love but you can't put them on a pedestal so high because when you find out something that you disagree with them on or that you don't like about them you completely demonize them right and i have people that i follow that i absolutely love and there's things that i disagree with them on but i still follow their work because they were changing my mind in the first place like they were Mm -hmm. starting to get me to adapt and like live more full and individual and more authentic in, in the first place. So I'm not going to um, throw them off just because of one different opinion. But uh, yeah, no, I think, I think that uh, the way that you're doing is having an analytical mind is, is uh, yeah. very positive. You know, it's very positive. It, it helps people feed in a direction that helps them verify whatever it is that they might be skeptical about or curious about or questioning. Correct. 
Absolutely. And going back to what you said a couple a while ago in the beginning was emotion, like evolution mm-hmm. and emotion pattern. And that can be sometimes the only thing we can control is our mm-hmm. reaction to what someone says or what data presents itself as. So if your friend disagrees with something that you said or something you believe in, and you can agree to disagree, like, okay, I hear you, I heard you, um, I disagree, and you guys can go on about your lives. But most of the time, that's not the case, and we're going to have an internal emotional response. Like, what do you mean you don't agree with me? Um, same with science, same with data. We, we might go into an experiment and have a hypothesis, and the data shows us something completely different. And then that sets up our emotions. Like, no, 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 no. This was my hypothesis. This is what I believe. This is what was going to be true. Uh, data says no, false. This is not what's true. Um, and, and I mean, that, that would be a whole, whole world went there. But yeah, like 100%. I, lo- I, I love what you said. I just, that was my idea. I had to spit out. <laughs> no, 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 it's, it's perfect. Um, I, I did, I did kind of want to jump back to something you were saying because mm-hmm. it, it's, it, it caught my attention and I know that I've been bad at this and you were talking about, I don't know what you called it. Uh, you said it when you said anorexia and bulimia, what was the one I didn't know? Orthorexia. Yeah. And that has something to do with the, yeah. the food choices you make. Yeah. So demonizing um, certain foods as good or bad. And I okay. have a strict thing of like, you don't label foods as good or bad. It's, it's okay. whatever fits your goals. Or, or there's no such thing as good or bad foods, only bad quantities. You can have one okay. Cheeto, but adding a whole bag of Cheetos might not be best okay. Um, okay. or might not fit your goals. Um, so orthorexia is the fixation on only eating like whole food sources or not eating things with um, uh, sugar alcohols or, or artificial sweeteners because that's bad or mm-hmm. not eating foods that come from a certain company or, you know, like just whatever. Uh, it, it could trying to purify from, well, too much. Almost. Yeah, there's and it's it's a spectrum. Like some of them are morally driven. Like I don't want to support these slaughterhouses, and like that that's all well and dandy. But then it becomes a hindrance to their life. So mm-hmm. if they choose not to eat protein because they can't find any protein sources that aren't sustainably sourced, and maybe they're in a food desert. And they can't go to a local butcher that sources their meat from farms. Like, you know, in America, we're trying to do the best we can. (laughs) So rather than not eating, picking a meat source that might have come from a slaughterhouse, Mm -hmm. it's like, okay, what's going to help us be the healthiest that we can be? Not Mm -hmm. eating or eating the the slaughtered cow. Mm -hmm. And like, as as dark as that is, it's like, I'm going to eat the slaughtered cow because I I need to eat protein. And if, if you... If your morals are, I don't want to eat meat, period. Okay, then we need to find some other alternative methods of protein. Um, and it can get even deeper into that of like, well, I don't want to eat this tofu because this company supports this political party and da da da. da or I, it, like, it gets deep. It gets mm-hmm. really deep. And yeah. and it, it's not, it, it, and like, I think there might be in a sub name for that orthorexia. I'm not a clinician, so I don't know all of it. Um, but basically, it's just demonizing foods is good and bad. Uh, but you can see as my rambling went deeper and deeper, it can get to a very specific thing. <laughs> well, it, it seems like it, you can get to a point where it's no longer about your health. It's about your some sort of ideology almost. Mm-hmm. And then you're forgetting why you fucking did it in the first place. Yeah. I mean, some for some people, yeah, it can absolutely be that, that way as well. 
Um, some people it's fueled by image. Like, well, if I put good into my body, then I will look good or I won't get fat yeah. or I won't do this or that. Like I tried being vegan for a little while because I thought it would keep me skinny. And then I just realized they couldn't really eat much. So therefore it kept me skinny and mm-hmm. miserable. So mm-hmm. yeah. Well, well, and so it, it almost to me sounds like you're, you have um, a basis around the numbers and the the data of it rather than the cho- the food choices itself almost what do you mean well because it was you were talking about protein and you're talking about um you, you said something about calorie surplus calorie deficit calorie maintenance um and it seems like and i'm i'm this is going to be a loaded question and i get tagged on this all the time that's okay but because there's so many different types of diet because i I, um, I was omnivore and this is loosely, I mean, loosely saying, because I've been through a period of each one of them just out of experimentation and, you know, what I thought was good. And so obviously for the most part, I I was raised omnivore, like, you know, meat, vegetables, fruits, the basic thing. Right. And then, um, a while back I, I went to vegetarian. I was vegetarian for like two years. That was actually when I did my I had my, my best powerlifting years was those two years. Um, and then I tried vegan and that was nearly that, that did not last long. I realized that I didn't uh-huh. have the knowledge or experience to pull that off. Um, and then now at this point, I'm almost like the foundation of my diet is mostly, I'm not going to say carnivore, but, uh, meat-based and fruit-based. That's almost, that's almost all of what I consume now. And so, I'm not saying that one has been better than the other. My biggest thing is I legitimately do not think that one diet is meant for the 8 billion people that exist on the world. I, there, there's just too much complexity in the, the, the different areas that we've evolved and where yep. we are now. And like, I think bodies have adapted to different diets. And the yep. thing that bothers me the most about everything out there is people are saying the carnivore diet is the only diet that you should have. And uh, now, even though that I, or the keto diet or or the keto diet diet or whatever. So, so what is your, like I said, it's kind of a loaded question, but what, where do you stand on, on all this stuff? Um, I mean, and keto is something I don't really know that much about either, but on the types of diet, the way that we diet, you know, keto versus whatever else, um, I'm not good with food, uh, terminology. So you have to fill in here, but, um, if you're willing to, what do you think about this and what do you think is, is a good healthy option for individuals? Yeah. Um, it all stems from making money. So Atkins diet, beach body diet, weight watchers, Jenny Craig, all these people had an idea a business and thought, I know how to make money off of people's insecurities or mm. helping them lose weight at keto. There's a million products that are labeled as keto. All that means is that there's a certain percentage of their carbs. It's like, it's like five, 10, 10 to 5% of the overall calories of that product is carbs. Um, so like technically bacon is keto because it's fat and protein. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but potato chips are not keto because it's potatoes. So mm-hmm. uh, anyway, um, yeah, if someone saw a business on how to make money of selling food or products to help people lose weight and get healthy. Um, most of the time, actually all of the time, the one thing all these diets have in common is caloric deficit. Eating less than what you need will help you lose weight, period. 
law of thermodynamics. If you eat too much of a keto diet, too much of an Atkins diet or a beach body or Jenny Craig or whatever, you will gain weight. And a lot of these other products have portion control. So smaller portions, um, go figure small portions, less calories, less, less consumption mm-hmm. of food, you burn fat or potentially muscle if you're not getting out of the protein. Um, so that's what these companies are trying to do. Uh, and as we know, the fitness world in itself, the dieting world is billions and billions of dollars. I can't give a statistic of how much it is. Uh, I'm sure we could look it up. So my overall stance on diets is let's change that to eating lifestyle or eating habits. Um, I mean, if you want to say diet, that's fine, but put your name in front of it. This is the muscle mats diet or not even muscle mats. Sorry. That's my company. I don't even want to put my company into this. The Maddie diet, the Madeline Ray. I haven't changed my last name yet. Uh, <laughs> but the you. Madeline diet. I, I'm getting to it. It's a lot of paperwork. It's a little okay. late for the cold feet, Maddie. <laughs> Um, it's, it's the Maddie diet, you know, like yeah. it, it, it's, it's insert your name here diet, or it's your lifestyle and it's mm-hmm. whatever works for you. It's whatever foods you like that fits your goals, that meets your needs, that keeps you healthy and well, you will stick to that's mm-hmm. all that is. And for some people keto works, but honestly, if we want to talk about keto, it should, it was made in a lab for two people, epileptics and diabetics. And that was oh, really? and someone. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was what it was made for. Um, but people saw like, Oh, they're losing weight. Like, yeah. in the initial process and it's sustainable for some, but not for all, but someone saw marketing opportunity and then boom, there you go. Keto, everything, keto water, keto ketones, the powdered drink, all that stuff. Like it's, it's really just a way to make money. Um, and I don't want to shift on keto too much. Uh, we could talk carnivore. We could talk, um, Atkins or any other company um, that sells diet food, Mm -hmm. uh, it it comes down to one thing, calories in, calories out. And people always say, what diet is the best? The one that you're going to stick to and the one that's going to work for you and help your goals. So I'm not too dogmatic in like what you should do, except Mm -hmm. doing something that is going to help your health. so if I put some, if someone wants to say like, I want to do keto or I want to do carnivore or I want to go vegan. Okay. And then you go on it and you start feeling terrible. Your blood work is suffering. You've got all these other health issues that have come up. It's like, okay, maybe that's not the best diet. Maybe we need to try something different and make some small changes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think people like labeling what they are. We talk about the ideology and associating themselves with some lifestyle. Like that's what they thrive on. Cause it gives them a sense of community. Um, and if, if they're not following something to a T, that all or nothing mentality, they might just quit altogether and go back to their old unhealthy ways of eating fast food or processed foods. Mm-hmm. Well, and I heard there's, I'm glad you said that because that's what I've kind of attached myself to as far as making sure I maintain regardless of the, the types of food that I eat. Um, you know who Jordan Syed is? My name sounds familiar, but no. Syed Fitness. Syed Fitness. Oh, God, there's so many out there, but anyways. Tell me, tell me <laughs> well, so I have, I, I have a, I have a thing for small, strong people. <laughs> I, yeah. I, really, I really do. <laughs> I, like most of, most of my team is small, strong people. Um, and it, it probably has something to do with both my own 
uh, biases in my own position as being a small person, but like, I love watching people that are five foot tall, you know, hundred pounds, 150 pounds that just dominate, you know, whether it be bodybuilding, powerlifting, weightlifting, like whatever. Like, I just like to see small people kill it. Um, and, and, and Jordan Syatt is a, he's about my size. He weighs 130, 140 pounds. Um, he deadlifted five thirty two or five thirty four, I think oh, yeah. 132 pounds. Um, and, but anyways, like he's, he makes these very funny little stories, but one of the things that he said that I attached myself to was exactly that calories in versus calories out. And he, he didn't want people to overcomplicate it. And, you know, he tried all these, he's tried all these different diet things. He's done like this fast food diet thing and just going by calories and, mm-hmm. you know, there's too much for me to know myself on how it would be affected otherwise, depending on food choices. But I'm fairly healthy. I don't have any major problems. And so I think lying outside of any major problems or not being extremely overweight or anything that the calories in calories out is probably a decent place to start. Um, I could be burning myself by saying that, but that's why I like to ask people that have more knowledge than me to ask that question, you know? So yeah, no, that's a great place to start. Like seriously, someone who knows nothing and they just start tracking their food properly. That's a huge eye opener. And most people will make changes just based on when they see data or numbers of like, Oh, that's what I've been putting in my body. Like, no, that's a great place. to start, Absolutely. So where do you think that that takes us into changing, like changing our habits or, or getting into sport or anything, you know, um, obviously you, you know, just as well as I do that getting into something like powerlifting, you're going to have to change your diet. If you were not a crazy exercise person before, um, if your life was fairly sedentary or you just did walks or hikes or something like that, because powerlifting is very intense. It does take a lot of, uh, energy. Um, and so your diet has to change. So I think it's healthy for all of us, especially because we've, we've, we've evolved to to move like the human species is meant to move. And now we move a whole lot less. And so movement has become like this hobby, like this necessity uh, of maintaining our health for, for most of us. Right. Is like, and so why does, why, why not like make it fun? Why not enjoy it? I think that's probably why I do powerlifting, but it's different for everybody. Right. And so that would also mean that we're going to have to change our diet, right. Based on, what we decide to do physically? So a couple things, you hit like three big points. So changing diet, just based off sport. Uh, I was someone who was afraid of carbs and I thought I could just lift weights and not eat carbs. And that didn't have to be great. Once I started <laughs> eating carbs, not fearing them, I got stronger. Uh, second thing, you say the body was meant to move, but we're not moving a lot anymore. Um, if we look, and I think Lane Norton actually talked about this in one of his recent videos, but it's actually not, movement that is the demonite or lack of movement that's demonizing health it's just the highly palatable processed foods that we have mm. access to and companies have researched and spent millions of dollars to make cheetos so delicious that i have che- i had cheetos last night so that's why i'm like suck on cheetos but cheetos ho-ho ding-dongs all those like twinkies they may oh, yeah. get hy- hyper palatable and not that filling so you eat more eat more calories gain weight mm-hmm. uh it's not so much movement and we all know we can't out train a diet. Like if we look at where the majority of our calories are burned, it's us just existing or being more. It's not physical activity. Um, 
and then the third thing you said um do you have you ever wondered oh, why making it fun making it fun yeah, i remember there it. <laughs> finding your yes i my what i wanted my slogan to be was like i'm gonna help you like find what makes you glow what gives you that rush of endorphins what makes you happy mm-hmm. for me it was powerlifting. it was not running i tried running <laughs> fucking hated it it was terrible i thought i'd get that runner's high i never did yeah. i get that high when i lift weights yeah. so i lift weights someone else who loves running or uh, my sister loves rock climbing that makes her glow go do what makes you glow it does not have to be powerlifting. it doesn't have to be cycling it doesn't have to be zumba it can be whatever you want it doesn't even do. have to be in the fucking gym it doesn't even have to be in a fucking gym. You can go outside and run in a field for all I care and do cartwheels. That's movement. Great. <laughs> if it makes you happy, do a hundred cartwheels a day, do a hundred cartwheels a day. <laughs> that was it. Sorry. Okay. Okay. Now you can go back to what you're saying. No, I, I mean, and, and I'm glad you corrected me on that because that, that kind of does make sense because the, the foods thing is we're all going to have most of us. There's some people out there that have, no cravings whatsoever. Oh my God. But most of us, you know, if we just know, yeah, right. Know that, uh, you, you know, this food isn't really good for us. And I think the hard part is people are beating themselves up when those companies have spent billions of dollars to make sure that that doesn't fucking matter because it's psychological. It's, it's the dopamine dump that you're getting. That's asking you to go back. It's, it's salt, fat, sugar. Like those things are going to call you back every time because, evolutionarily by survival, like those highly palatable things were, were what were keeping us going. Like we were attracted to those for a reason for our survival, but now they've (laughs) made it these empty calorie dense piles of shit, more or less, uh, that still give the the dopamine dump. Like, yeah. Yeah. Not to say too harshly, but no, no, I, I, I get, I, I don't want to, demonize cheetos as much as i love them yeah or or whatever chocolate like we had chocolate and rosé last night it was delicious um yeah like i'm human i have little cravings here and there i don't let it consume me and i don't have rosé and chocolate every night or cheetos every night Mm -hmm. but when i do like i enjoy it and i feel a little shitty but i know i'm gonna get right back on my diet the next day or my Mm -hmm. lifestyle the next day um if someone doesn't like the word diet you know replace um so yeah that that's my take on on junk food um should you never eat it you know but you shouldn't only eat it as your only calories mm-hmm. so what do you think it takes to start making this, these habitual changes when it comes to oh yes the habit diet or physical so that, yeah let's let's get there so that is the reason why i'm actually doing the precision certification because it is half food science half psychological and mm-hmm. habit change um, I, I can yell at someone until I'm red in the face. Now I don't yell at someone as a coach. I can't imagine you are. Then I'll scream. I, I mean, like, it's oh, congratulations PR, on like, your new PR, by the way. Oh, th- the one that got stuck on my pants. <laughs> the, the <deadlift. laughs> no, I was looking at your squat. It was a, a 320. Uh, it, it didn't hit depth. This, this week has been. Oh, dude, I'm a ref. It was fine. Jim <laughs> <Gym> PR. <laughs> yeah, these are all Jim PRs. Like yeah. my squat didn't hit depth. My butt came up on my bench and I hitched a little bit on my deadlift. So I have no idea what my coach is going to do. Is it going <laughs> to let me jump up or he's like, no, do these again better. I'm like, sure. Whatever, what, coach. Was it supposed like, to be a mock? 
was supposed to be a mock no, meet or no or we're just... still we're only in um we're three weeks out so i got another week or two of heavies before nationals oh yes you're 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 yeah, that close to nationals so yeah so we should be oh, yeah. getting into like the rpe eights right now and then like slowly ticking up um now we're just we're just seeing what i can do so um, so is this classic sorry everybody we're getting off track a little bit here but we'll go back know, to the habit change in a second i promise yeah um so, real quick so are you uh you're competing in classic raw this is my first time doing classic raw yeah i wanted okay. to try raps for a while um something about it just the i'm so like misogynist not misogynistic masochist i love the pain i feed off the pain oh my god when i'm getting wrapped i get into the zone like my little brother was in town for the wedding and he saw he's like yeah your face changed when i <laughs> that top set it's like yep i just get into this like I'm only focused on the weight. I hear my yeah. coach and like, I just do the movement. Like I really feed off getting wrapped. I know that sounds so weird. Um, it's a little weird. Now, <laughs> eh, whatever. We're all power lifters. We all got something to up with. Like we wouldn't be in the sport if we didn't have something like. Totally. You know? So I wanted to try it. I tried it. I liked it. I'm okay at it. Is my squat perfect? No, I could definitely like benefit from working with a better like raw squat mm -hmm. um but we're gonna give it a shot and oh yeah the drug tested classic raw state records are all very much within reach and i would like to have all those so, and which weight class are you gonna be in 60 60 60 kilograms 60 132 okay. yeah. oh my god yeah <sighs> so um yeah i'm gonna do nationals have some fun and then we do like an eight week turnaround and i'll probably either match my prs or maybe like a five pound pr at the next at Ironmongers, uh, the Heavy Breathing Foundation is doing a drug test today and an off test today. So I'll be doing the drug test today. And hopefully I'll take all three records. I'll do that. See, this is what you get when when you you we find something that you love, guys. Like you're you're gonna grow because you're gonna you glow. Glow. Even better. Glow okay, so, so so back to our habits here because this sounds like this yeah. is gonna be a good topic here. Go ahead. Okay, so yeah, that's why I'm doing precision nutrition better at that i know how to help myself with habits um helping other people do things is mm -hmm. really hard as a coach yeah just getting someone to do their check-in each week is like oh my god gold star for you you replied you didn't check in. good job um but to help them make a complete lifestyle change for some clients it's not going to happen overnight so i always like to take habits or change in 10 percent increments. you're not going to go from zero to 180 you're not going to go from someone who's obese to a bodybuilder just like that. It's going to take time and it's going to take small habits um, and change over however many years it takes to get to your goal. So let's say someone needs to eat more protein. Okay. Uh, are you tracking your food? No, let's do a case study. Real quick. So no one, they're not tracking their food. They need to eat more protein um, and they don't like chicken. Okay. Do you like protein shakes? Yeah, I love I love the protein shakes from Fairlife. Okay, cool. I want you to have one protein shake uh, as a snack and then just make sure that there's protein at your other meals. Okay, well, what can I eat? Do you like Greek yogurt? Yeah, I like Greek yogurt. Okay, like, cool, have yogurt for breakfast. Okay, I can do that. And then have your shake here. Okay, cool, what do I do for lunch and dinner? What, what kind of meat do you like? What type of protein sources do you like? Like, oh, I like making omelets for dinner. Okay, great, have your omelet for dinner and maybe add some egg white. It's just adding those little bits. And then they're like, oh, that seems pretty easy. I could do that. That sounds yummy. Gets them excited. They're looking forward to do it. 
habit change. They're getting more protein throughout the day. That's going to be huge progress for them. If someone can't drink enough water throughout the day, okay, look at their environment. Are they too busy that they're not like even thinking about water? Uh, do they not have access to water throughout the day? Um, you know, like, do, do they have a big water bottle? Uh, I always carry my half gallon jug with me everywhere. So I always have it near me and I could drink water. But if someone has access to water and they're not remembering, then you got to see how they're going to respond to creating that new habit. Do they need to get an app for their phone where they water the little plant as a game and they feed off that? They like that response? Or is it going to be there's someone who does like they respond with block scheduling or alarms and they're very like type A with their schedule. So setting alarm every hour to take drink a, a drink of water, that might be how they do it. So a coach needs to know who they're working with and how they respond to certain things. And just talking with someone, learning who they were as a kid. Do they like playing outside or were they playing video games? Were they introverted? Were they extroverted? Um, how they do in school? How did they learn? By doing, by seeing, by listening, by writing. That can all help a coach tell, like tell, tell a coach how that person is, how that client is. And then the coach can kind of be like, okay, I, I have an idea, a plan for you on how we can make these habit changes. Um, that's how I go about it. There's a million ways to make a new habit change. Um, some people believe in like uh, reward and punishment. I don't respond well to that. Some people do, some people don't. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that's kind of like just my overall bit on habit change. But do, do you have a theory on it or, or anything? Um, I, I think, I think, Theoretically, for me, it has more to do with the self-image. So it, it would very much be close, more closely related to what you're saying. Um, I've I've done the thing where I shame myself for not being on track, and it shows throws me into a shame cycle. And so I think I've seen trainers set standards, and then whenever those standards aren't met, it's not like they make, I don't think I'm necessarily seeing any trainer like, Hey, this is your punishment because you didn't, you went over your calories by 200 or whatever, you know? Um, I don't think I've ever seen anything like that, but I've seen trainers be so strict to a system that leaves out, um, enjoyment and leaves out, um, any sort of, uh, Hey, you're doing good. I think positive mindset mm -hmm. is, is a huge, huge piece of that. And that, I actually like what, like what you're saying because you're, you're, giving, you're giving enough give to the person to make them not feel miserable. And I've definitely been around in training cycles uh, with certain people that whatever their trainer is doing, like they're just completely exhausted all the time. They get injured or they're, on, they're, cl they're close to injury. Um, they're trying to cut him too hard just for the sake of getting a better dot score in a powerlifting meet, which if you don't, don't know what dots is, it's the new Wilkes, um, it's body to total ratio. Um, it's a little more complex formula than that, but trying to get them to a lower body class just so that they have the chance of becoming, you know, having that much better of a number on the platform. Mm -hmm. And then, you yeah. know, if they're water cutting and, you know, they don't peak right or whatever, then, you know, they're you know, they're going to have, um, cramps on the, on the platform, or they're going to, they're going to be, you know, not hitting the numbers and to be almost like 10% under what their projected numbers were going to be. Like, I think that's too harsh because you don't take into the, 
into consideration a person's individuality and the way that their mind works and the way that and what stage they're in, because I think you can get progressively more disciplined, what stage they are in to get them to that goal and allowing what you're saying is like there, there's this time span. You know, uh, if somebody has great genetics and they can jump on a platform and like they have that those newbie gains and they gain, you know, a lot in six months, that's great. But what yeah. happens when they hit the wall and, you know, their habits aren't tight enough, they're going to fall off the wagon because they may not love the sport. They've been pushed by their trainer too much to be either, you know, getting a bodybuilder, get on stage or yeah. get on platform. Um, and the only thing that they've got going for them is this immediate change, which we're addicted to already in so many different aspects of the world. Like we're, we're getting addicted to, uh, immediate transformation or, you know, immediate satisfaction, you know, thank you, Amazon. I love two day, two day, uh, (laughs) but, uh, but I think that, um, we take away our mental stability and strength when we do that too much. And I think the way that you're going about it is generous and flexible and, uh, theoretically, better for the human mind as far as sticking to progress and like maintaining throughout the system. Does that make sense? No, it does. Absolutely. People are expecting to make PRs every day. That's what they see on the internet, friends. Um, And and going back to what you said with like coaches pushing, pushing athletes too much, too hard. Do the coaches ever ask like, Hey, are you having fun? Is this what Mm -hmm. you want to do? Is this what you want? And if an athlete, it doesn't get, I mean, going to like, it's talking about like consent. Like if athlete isn't like, yes, a hundred percent, this is what I want to do. Um, it, it's not like, there's gotta be a clear, distinct. Yes. Like, mm-hmm. yes, I'm willing to cut five pounds of water. Yes. I want to go do this meat. Yes. I want to do that. Like everything I've done chosen to do in my powerlifting career has been my choice. Mm-hmm. It, it was never someone coming to me and saying, you have to do this, this, and this. Like I've been very blessed to have a supportive community and amazing coach and other coaches helping me never being like, Oh, you should do this. Or you should throw wraps on like, no, everything was my choice. So that's why I love it. Cause I have the sense of control and power behind it. And I can control what I put into my mouth and what I do with my body. Therefore, if I need to cut weight, that's on me. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, like it, it, it's so disheartening to see trainers like pushing clients or athletes to something that they're not even doing it for them anymore mm-hmm. um I, and then and going back to like the newbie gains um yeah someone might have great genetics and uh, talent but if they don't have like the discipline and want to put in the hard work they're not going to get anywhere and i know my coach always says like i'd rather have someone who works really fucking hard and has zero talent because then they can work harder than the person who does have talent mm-hmm. but gives up when things get hard. Because mm-hmm. this just hard. Like it is hard. it's fun in the beginning, but I mean, not even powerlifting, just bodybuilding, running, like competing in general is hard for any sport. And I think a lot of people fall off when okay, so you do one meet, you do one competition, and you didn't get the numbers exactly what you wanted. It was your first competition. <laughs> um you have to keep that in mind and you have so much more room to grow. Um, but if someone isn't willing to put in the work and they don't want to do it anymore, it's like a couple questions. It's like, did you have a bad experience with the coach? Cause I have heard stories about that. Uh, did you realize it just wasn't for you? Okay. Mm-hmm. That's fine. 
Or did you realize like, shit, I'm going to be doing this for years and slowly making gains for years to get to where I want to be. And that's not appealing to some people because like instant gratification, Amazon two day delivery. Like I want this now, now Netflix, boom, movie on my screen. Like, yeah, that's not appealing to some people. So, Hey, I get it. I get it. Well, and then, you know, that kind of comes to the point of like, yeah, you should also question who you're around. You should also question who you're hiring. Like, this is the idea of questioning everything. It's like everything that comes to your forefront doesn't mean that you need to block it off, but you should be questioning other people just because they have a, and you're a trainer. Um, you could, you could go against this or, or with it, whatever, but you should also be questioning the people that have more knowledge than you and just making sure you're questioning, am I going along with this because I'm blindly trusting them or because I feel like they are going to actually give me something? It should be a discussion, not a lecture. Yes. It should be a feedback loop. So with any coach I'm talking to or anyone that's higher that like have, has more experience than me, I, it's always a discussion. Like if I ever got lectured by someone, I probably wouldn't waste my time with them. Mm-hmm. But everyone I've come across, it's always been a discussion. And I can ask questions. Like, oh, what about this? Or why do you do it this way? Hell, I was having a discussion with another trainer at a gym they were looping bands around a, uh, a leg press. And I was like, why bands and not weights? And that trainer and the athlete that they were working together just like bands better. And it works better for the athlete and their performance. So I was like, cool. Like, I just want to know why. And, yeah. and they, they didn't, they weren't like, like, oh, you don't understand. You're just new. You don't understand conjugate. It's not the response at all. They gave me a straight up answer and explained why. And I was like, oh, I was great. And so that's why I always say like discussion, not a lecture. Yeah. So, so when do you think that people need to look into hiring a coach? What are the things that they should be looking for? Um, uh, is there, is a point of like knowing that you're ready or should you look into getting a coach for multiple different reasons? Like when should people start looking for that? Uh, it really depends on what your goals are. If you are just someone looking to make small changes in your lifestyle and you just want to go to the gym, lift a few weights, and eat a little bit more protein, mm-hmm. you can probably get most of the information on the internet for free. And to that, I say power to you. Uh, that's what I did a lot for the beginning. Um, I didn't buy my first program until I think 2019. Um, I was just doing it by what I knew. Mm-hmm. If you have the information and you do nothing with it and you have no one to keep you accountable, you might want to think about hiring a coach. Someone's going to keep you accountable to your goals and make you actually work. Um, And that coach can be one-on-one personal trainer, online programming, nutrition coaching. I do all of those and not one person has all three. Uh, It's like, I have my one-on-one session people. I have nutrition coaching. I have my power lifting coaching. Um, Or just, regular workout training in the garage mm-hmm. um it, it's people need different things if you're wanting to do a bodybuilding show hire a bodybuilding coach with either experience or if you don't care about wanting and you just want the experience then you know find someone who's really passionate that you get along with and that you enjoy hanging out with because a lot of bodybuilding coaches are very expensive and i always say like hey if you want to win you got to pay the price if you're just doing this to have fun, 
find someone you like hanging out with because you're going to spend a lot of time with that coach. And sure, maybe they're not the best, but it'll give them a good experience to work with you and you'll have a good experience enjoying the time because mm-hmm. bodybuilding is freaking hard. I've never done it, but I can't imagine. And the same goes to powerlifting. Like if you want to do a meet, like uh, a competition, and you want to do well and you don't know everything, like unless you can research it on your own and have a grasp understanding of like what to expect, or maybe you communicate with other powerlifting coaches. Okay, maybe you don't you've done enough research and have some certs to where you can coach yourself. Um, but if you know yourself that you need someone to tell you what to do to actually do it, then hire a coach. Um, or if you're completely new and know nothing, don't want to do research, hire a coach. Um, make sure that coach is someone that you get along with, someone that you can have a communication, a dialogue with, uh, someone that's going to listen to you and give you what you need, not what, they think you should do mm-hmm. um and then someone you have fun with like it, i'm not everyone's cup of tea like, i'm not super abrasive i'm pretty easy guy but not everyone wants to be coached by a five two bubbly personality <laughs> girl like not everyone's gonna want to be coached by that and like that's something i had to recognize in the beginning when i would lose clients because they didn't want to work with me it's like okay that's that that hurt at first but now i recognize like that's not what they needed they mm-hmm. needed something else to help them progress. I was just a stepping stone in the journey. I'm thankful that I got to help as many people that I did. It helped me learn to be a better coach and also helped me learn that people need different things. So, um, yeah, you want to find someone that you can respect and be friends with. And I don't mean like best friends. You don't have to be like best, best friends. Um, but someone that you can be vulnerable with is the mm-hmm. thing because there will be moments where you're sharing things that are going on inside your head with only your coach and no one else. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's the, when to get it, when to get the coach. It's more like who you should hire. Like okay. who's the, um, the win, uh, you know, it's like when, when, when you compete probably, or if you're, if you don't want to like put it in the work of doing the education yourself, hire someone who has the education but I focus more on who the coach is and what their values are and how they handle you as an athlete. I think that's more important because I would never, ever want to have a negative experience um, with any coach that just can like ruin your relationship. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and it could even ruin, ruin your relationship with, with like being trained in general. You know, mm-hmm. if you have a bad first experience, are okay? Are all are all trainers like this? Like, is, is this what I'm going to have to deal with? You know, and then you have that internal questioning of, okay, well, I don't want this if this is how I'm going to feel. Um, and you know, th- there are going to be those people that only uh, can get themselves to move by someone that pressures them that much. It's not something that I understand completely. Um, I'm more of a su- supportive person you know um I, yeah. I was never really like the navy seal you know crack them till they're you know and, and to ah, find resilience yes. kind of person <laughs> um but I, I guarantee there's people out there there's there's a lot of strong aggressive dudes that are 100 percent authentic that are highly masculine and very abrasive and that's just straight up who they are i mean look at um look at uh, uh any of the the super 
intense guys that were in the raw, like Louis Simmons and all of his guys. Like mm-hmm. I've heard Louis Simmons talk and he's, he's super sweet dude. Uh, but you don't fuck with him, you know, and you definitely don't question him. And like, he's, he's fucking intense. Like you see his, these small clips of him and his athletes in his garage gym. And it's like nothing but power and, you know, uh, profanity and like, it's just, just all these things. And yeah. I understand why there's, he can, he'll only take elite, dedicated, strong willed people into that into that he knows who he wants to work with and the athletes coming to him know who he is um same with like my dancing video that i posted like i'm my my hashtag well it's not my hashtag but i love this hashtag atomic happiness like that's Mm -hmm. how i approach lifting i Mm -hmm. before my top set for uh my deadlift my new pr like i don't know what to call it a pr i got stuck (laughs) <laughs> um, yeah, I, like, that one. I need to make sure to wear shorts but, and use baby powder from now on. Oh, we were even talking about wearing bikinis and just lathering <laughs> ourselves up in baby powder. We're like, let's just fucking use bikinis. Like, yeah, no clothing will get stuck. Yeah, why not? Let's do it. We'll see if it gets done. Uh, I got to see if the gym will let us do it. Not <laughs> um, it's not like a garage gym, it, it's it's like a business. <laughs> yeah. So I got to respect what the owner wants. Um, but before that, I was dancing to some 80s music. Cause it makes me happy and energetic mm-hmm. and it gets the endorphins going. And that's how I wake up. My friends that were lifting after me, um, big muscular men were playing the most satanic rock metal bullshit. That I was just like, Oh my God, my head hurts listening to this. That doesn't work for me. Yeah. So, um, it takes some responsibility on the athlete as well, or the client to know who they are and what they like. And maybe they don't know. And, like the coach or the the trainer will have to try a few things, but like with Louis, he knows himself. Yeah, yeah. Um, and his athletes knew, and his clients knew, and knew they were they were getting. Um, it it was the same for every coach, and I mean, hence I know we did on Instagram, social media, but like Instagram's a great tool to get yourself on who you are, um, if you are a business. Uh, there's, we have great, I know so many great coaches and they really represent themselves on the page and I'll send them like they have good information. They got funny stuff and just, just life stuff in general. It's like, go follow these people. They, they put mm-hmm. out good stuff. And I think they'll make you laugh. Yeah. Yeah. So out of everything that we've talked about today, what do you think, or anything that we didn't talk about? Just there's, I mean, we got plenty on the table, man. We're gonna have to do this again. Um, but Absolutely. Yeah. when people need to question things, uh, from your perspective, when we were talking about training and diet, like, what do you think is going to make things more individual to people? Like, what do you think that people should be questioning the most when they see everything out there based around, uh, physical training and diet and everything like that coming from somebody that's actually a certified trainer and nutritionist? Don't go about it with violence. A lot oh. of people who will see someone doing something different than what their beliefs are and mm-hmm. attack them. So never go out, go, never go at it with violence. Um, kindness first, always. That doesn't mean you agree with them. That doesn't mean you stand with them, but kindness first, always. After that, um, say you see something, info. Your info is given to you. Um, your shirt says it, question everything. So 
go, okay, uh, let me think about that. You know, like give yourself a minute to internalize that information. Not necessarily how you feel, but bring in the information that you already know. And if you don't know, well, then you might need to do some research about whatever info was presented to you. Um, and that could be anything food related, science and exercise, uh, a certain technique on lifting. It, it, there's a million things that you can question. I would just say, keep calm, stay kind, and bring in external sources, multiple, multiple external sources from different uh, people and different walks of life. Um, and then from there, see if there are, if it's, if it's science-based, see if there are meta-analysis studies, um, then science can usually answer some of those questions. And if it's, oh, I don't know, arching while benching or pulling sumo, maybe talk to other power lifters in sports about the body mechanics and what muscles are being used or why people do those moves instead of saying that's cheating ask them why do you do this and then you could get an answer and you can ask multiple people why do you pull sumo why do you arch why do you squat this way with your feet closer together versus wide why do you wear wraps why do you wear sleeves just ask why and that goes back to your shirt question everything um but i think People need to do it with a little bit more calmness. Um, yeah, I hope that's what people can take away from this whole interview. It's just kind. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's one of the things that attracted me to you and your uh, and your business and your and your profile was that I I'm pulled to authenticity. It's it's not what the, how smart somebody is. I will legitimately follow people that I don't like to make sure that I can keep myself in check and not mm -hmm. get carried away with my own uh, biases and ideologies. But I am very much attracted to people that show who they are. Um, I think it's inspiring to me. I think it helps me in, um, try to do it myself. But the kindness thing is, is huge for me too, because overall, with everything that goes on in the world and wherever we're at, whatever status we're in, whatever progress we're making, like trust and love is kind of the thing. Like it's, it's really yeah. what does make us grow in my opinion, you know? Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. And I thank you so much for saying that about my page. I really appreciate that. Oh, totally. Totally. Well, I'm going to be watching now, especially because <laughs> you're going to nationals. So Ooh, I'm so cool. excited for you. Hey, you know what? It, the Sunday before my nationals, uh, I was at 156 and I had to be at 148.8. Um, oh. So I was freaked out a little bit because I'd never had to lose weight before. I usually uh -huh. just cut my creatine and I drop and yeah. I was not dropping. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. So I think you'll be fine. You, you got to figure it out. <laughs> I was, I was, uh, 134.4, like a couple hours ago. So I just, and you have what, three weeks? Yeah. I'm not worried. I'm not worried. I just can't, just can't in your be head. like an asshole. I am in my head. Yeah. I cut my creatine, yeah. probably cut carbs a little bit the day before and then not drink water 18 hours out and mm -hmm. maybe spit in a cup with some Jolly Ranchers in my mouth. I should be fine. Yeah. I'd I much mean, rather... Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Uh, I'd much rather spit in a cup than have to sweat. Like Ooh. a dry mouth for me doesn't drain me as much as having to sit in heat and sweat. So totally disagree. I have a whole... Oh, really? Rather sweat? I'd totally rather sweat. Ew, no, no. I'll just take a <laughs> cup and shove dollar ranchers in my side cheeks and just go blah, 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 just like, <laughs> it's, 
<laughs> just Almost like you're seizing. <laughs> yeah, just just it's just a bit factory. Steady <laughs> gross. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm sorry for that visual. Hey, at least it's colored. So pretty. That's true. That's true. Uh I mean throw people off. Maybe it's green, maybe it's red. Spitting up blood. Great. Never That's a great know. idea, right? Before nationals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Makes everyone well, nervous. <laughs> um so is there anything that you don't think that we covered that you really want people to know? I, I like to ask this at the, at the end because I know people have certain things that they think is super important. So if there's anything that you think is crazy important that people need to know or hear, totally get that out there. I think we've covered a lot, actually, a lot more yeah. than I thought with everything with like eating disorders, and kindness, and mm-hmm. coaching mentalities, habit change. Like I, I'm kind of talked out like, about the fitness stuff like i could talk to you for hours about just like life in general but i think when it comes to like what we wanted to address today i think i'm good so thanks for asking good man uh well i mean that means we'll have to have you back and we can do it uh on totally different subjects because the question everything is is it runs across the board and we're looking for people to be authentic and be strong individuals and think for themselves before they worry about what the world is fucking trying to tell them um and once I get a little intense, I get a little bit more vulgar and abrasive, but that's, that's okay. <laughs> it'll come. But, uh, okay. So where does everybody find you? How can everybody find me? I'm calling you Mads from now on, just like it's happening. Cool. But, yeah. Um, okay. where does everybody find you and what do you have going on? Um, what are the things that people can get from you? Um, so I'm a personal trainer, do one-on-one as well as online. I do, uh, programming for powerlifting, but also just general fitness. And then I'm a nutrition coach as well. Um, I teach at SDSU. I teach two courses, beginner and intermediate weight training. Um, you can find me at muscle mads with a Z at the end. Uh, so muscle and then M-A-D-Z. Uh, you can just Google that and you'll find my website. It's musclemads.com, musclemads at gmail. I have a Twitch that I never use. I have a TikTok that I never use. I have a YouTube <laughs> channel that I stopped uploading, but Muscle Mads is everything across the board, okay. including my business. Um, as what they can get from me, um, if it's just a question, I'm happy to like sit and chat with you and help you out if you want to talk about potentially hiring as a coach. Um, I'll definitely want to get to know you and you get to know me and have a little interview process to see if we'll get along. So I really value um, the, the trust and communication with uh, potential clients and obviously if there is no connection that that's okay um i can refer you out to many many coaches that i love and trust hell yeah hell yeah uh mads has been fucking great thank you for all of this um i will put all of muscle mad stuff in the show notes and for everybody out there stay strong stay real minded thanks mads you're welcome thanks so much thank you Hey guys, I hope that all things we've brought here, including the people, have helped you change the way that you see the world. And if it has, then it would help us so much if you leave a rating and a comment on iTunes or give any feedback wherever you listen to the RMP. Thank you for listening in, and don't forget to follow and subscribe. Question everything, my friends.